Hello, my name is Michael Capelli, Research Specialist with APQC in Financial Management, and I'm here today with Mary Driscoll, APQC Senior Research Fellow in Financial Management, to talk a little bit about enterprise risk uh, starting off in the new year. As each calendar year gets underway, business planners and performance managers are keen to look forward, but optimism can be dampened when enterprise risk assessments start to roll in. Mary, what are the major enterprise-level risk large U.S.-based organizations will have to consider for 2016? Sure, Michael. Let's start, though, with definitions for the sake of clarity. Enterprise-level risks are major risks that have the potential to significantly derail growth strategy and disappoint shareholders. Uh, that differs from, you know, run-of-the-mill operating risks such as threats or chance of an assembly plant catching fire. Um, commonly cited enterprise-level risks inc include reputation damage or uh, failure of the strategic plan, uh, prolonged business disruption, and for CEOs and CFOs in particular, giving the board of directors performance forecasts that prove to be duds. So uh, errors in forecasting that have to do with gathering data from across the organization. So um, CEOs and CFOs today worry an awful lot about disappointing shareholders, even despite, in certain sectors, reasonable growth prospects. Um, but the world of risk we live in today is, is different. The risks themselves are not necessarily new. We'll talk about that. But it's the way they interact and affect each other that is more worrisome than ever before. That makes negative outcomes harder to anticipate, quantify, and mitigate. So a good example of, let's take reputation risk, is the scandal surrounding Volkswagen that emerged when consumers learned that the company had, now allegedly, but allegedly purpose, purposely, altered vehicles emission control test results. Uh, as a result of that, the company's brand has already been very damaged. Let's take a strategic risk. An, an example there would be an organization fail, failing to properly vet risks associated with an expansion into new markets. Say uh, a big American company wants to go into an emerging market uh, in South America or Asia that that appears to offer a fast-growing middle class. Uh, China was a classic example of this a few years back. Uh, the risk is that such a company fails to do a thorough job of assessing, you know, the culturally influenced nuances or drivers of customer satisfaction and loyalty. And then we come to another big growing concern that has senior executives very, very focused, and that is unacceptable levels and durations. Um, these are unacceptable levels and durations of business disruption that could manifest if an organization neglected to build really reliable and well-understood and well-practiced operational models for coping with an unexpected event. A great example, a recent example, particularly here in the U.S., is Hurricane Sandy that hit the east coast of the U.S. in 2012. Well, New York City is, of course, the home to many, many major corporate headquarters as well as mission-critical business operations, and the island of Manhattan and the outer outer areas uh, were affected for, for weeks and weeks. Some companies really did lack IT redundancies to address issues um, 
never mind the issues of getting people to work and getting people to set, set up on a remote basis to work, continuing business over a prolonged period of time. Being out of the picture for a month is not something that uh, any business I can think of can tolerate. Okay, understood. And what would, what really keeps business executives up at night? I mean, something maybe beyond what you just uh, shared with us. Well, I think it's got to point to general economic and marketplace uncertainties. Uh, one area has to do with the potential for U.S. stock market volatility to erode consumer confidence. I mean, you know, you hear the economists say over and over again that, you know, there may be a dotted line between the U.S. stock market, equities market, and, you know, long-term consumer confidence or, or appetite for spending. But, you know, that's not an instant overnight kind of uh, correlation. However, you know, seeing, seeing those reports on the nightly news that, you know, the Dow Jones Industrial Index and the S&P 500 and so forth are swinging wildly worries people, particularly those who, who have been very careful to put away a lot of money in their uh, retirement savings accounts. You know, another uncertainty involves the really fierce nature of competition today. And uh, that can come in the form of challengers to customer loyalty, particularly in the high-tech sector. Right, understood. So at the beginning of uh, our conversation, you said that some of these risks were entirely new. They were just uh, in a different form than maybe they've been previously. But what are some new risks that uh, you know, organizations need to look out for? Well, as I said earlier, Michael, it, it really has to do with um, the interconnectedness among key risks, and particularly that is tied to the interconnectedness of countries, global economies, marketplaces, uh, and, and that includes not just, you know, the prospects for growth, but also the prospects for negative outcomes having to do with social unrest. So speaking in relative terms, volatility in local share prices or an inability to predict with confidence any customer demand, or you know a continuation of a stronger U.S. dollar, these are all adding to the questions about forecast accuracy. You know, and then we have uh, questions about what kind of regula regulatory clampdowns we'll see in the U.S. and abroad moving forward. Um, you know, the specter of more extreme regulatory pressure really, really has leaders on edge who, who really feel, you know, who believe in the ideal that the best way to um, generate and nurture economic growth is for the government to get out of the way. Uh, but, you know, again, that, that has become a very politicized uh, ideal in the current election cycle, which is very, very disruptive. You know, in overall, the questions are, you know, does the U.S. economy really need another interest rate hike? Uh, more worrisome on a global scale is what happens if downturns in places like Russia, Brazil, China, Poland uh, turn out to be worse than forecast by the global banks that are lending uh, to these economies. What happens if they misread the extent to which sectors of the Chinese economy are heading into the ditch? Well, you know, what are the longer-term negative effects on business resiliency? So, 
some of these things may sound like they're not really in the wheelhouse of the chief risk officer, things such as global business resiliency. Uh, but to sum up, when viewed through the lens of risk interconnectedness, one can see quickly that looking at risk in 2016 uh, will require some fresh eyes. Understood. Thank you very much, Mary, for taking a few minutes to speak with us today about enterprise risk in the coming year. Uh, APQC has lots of items on risk management and a variety of other topics. You can check them out at apqc.org and look on the knowledge base. Thank you.